We live in a world where something is always brewing. Knowing that we are not alone in our struggles oftentimes gives us the strength to keep pushing forward. So pour that cup of coffee because you, my friend, are not alone. Welcome to Coffee with Corey. Welcome to Coffee with Corey. This is Corey Powers. And if you don't have a cup of coffee, you need to go get one or go get a cup of tea or some comforting beverage that you enjoy. And let's just chill for a minute. And let's get down to it. So today's topic, home sweet home, wasn't something that I was actually consciously thinking of until someone else pointed it out. And I think that that's common. We kind of get enmeshed or immune to certain things until someone new comes along and points it out. You're like, oh yeah, you're right. I do do that. Or, oh yeah, I guess, I guess that is a thing in my head. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. So, you know, we get in, we're kind of inoculated by our own stuff. So this past week we had some out of town relatives stay with us and come over and we did hosting a lot this past week. And it was just so nice to connect with family that was from out of town. And we don't get to see them that often on my husband's side. And so it was great to have them share memories or talking about funny things. And for me personally, I'm very intentional about wanting everyone to feel at home, everyone to feel like their needs are met so that it opens up the doors for, you know, conversation, emotional attachments to be formed, like things, all the things, right? Because if you take care of physical needs in turn, then it opens the door for spiritual, emotional conversation to to then then take place. So we knew they were coming over. So I had something on the stove. The first night I made meatballs and sauce, which is like the equivalent to like a hug on your plate. That's like the ultimate Italian comfort food. We had Stanley Tucci in Italy on the TV and I muted it. But like the fact of just having the Tuscan rolling hills on in the background, it was a little chilly one of the nights. So we lit a fire. I had candles on. And when they walked in, I asked them what they wanted to drink if they wanted ice in that, making sure that everybody's base needs are met to open up the door and facilitate deeper, intimate connection. And so I'm always very intentional about doing that. But I didn't realize I was doing that until, you know, one of the guests were like, oh, you're really good. Like, oh, you did that. Kind of pointed out the things that I kind of set the stage with. And so is not only important with hosting, but we have a baseline of we live like that as well, where when Chris comes home, dinner is usually almost done. I've already clocked out of work. I'm making dinner. I'm anticipating his arrival, telling the boys to kind of clean up unnecessary stuff. You know, if it's winter, lighting a fire, putting on candles, saying, Alexa, play Dean Martin radio and all those things and making sure that when Chris comes home from work, that he's coming into an environment that he's finding refuge and peace in. And to create the atmosphere for myself by doing little things to make my home more inviting for myself. And so I've kind of thought through some things that I'm intentional about, and I want to share them with you, and hopefully you can use them and apply them to your home. First of all, like I talked about, hosting people over 
provides another level of intimacy. People see where you live, you're serving them. It creates a whole opening of a deeper level of intimacy in a relationship, for sure. Setting the stage, not only for your spouse or your kids when they come home from school or whatnot, but creating the space, setting the stage for yourself. So for me, that looks like putting nice music on, putting flowers out, creating an aroma of my coffee. I want to put aesthetically pleasing things in my reach so it's easy to create an environment of comfortable. But you might say like, core, like my place is super cluttered or nothing's organized. And that might seem really overwhelming to you. I don't know about you, but when I was younger, we used to watch this show called Hoarders on TLC. And these hoarders would talk about how they had such an attachment to the objects in their home. But now, because of their obsession with the objects in holding on to those objects or collecting those objects, now in turn, the objects have turned against them by giving them anxiety and fear based on the fact that they're unable to function or move in their home or find peace because they're bombarded with stuff. And so he might say today, I feel bombarded with stuff and nothing, everything's cluttered, nothing is organized. And I'm going to say, let's just start with one thing at a time. How do we eat an elephant? One bite at a time. And so like once a week, pick the one thing and like Saturday mornings or one day a week that that's convenient for you. Okay, today I'm going to tackle all the clothes in my drawers. All right, today we're going to attack tackle the kids toys and we're going to get clear bins and put labels on them and we're going to organize the kids toys or oh I this Saturday I'm going to tackle the bookshelf or the garage or my office area or our bedroom and declutter my top of my dresser and so by making it bite-sized picking one thing at a time prioritizing the spaces utilized first like your living space your living room your kitchen your dining area maybe your bedroom whatever areas that you are in the most. Prioritize those first and then just create a little list. Okay, I'm gonna, these are all the things that need to get done. Okay, this week we're going to tackle this one. And there's something very cathartic about writing something down and crossing it off. So definitely do that. Put it on paper or create a reminder in your phone. And if you like just clicking the little dot, be like, yep, I completed that because there's an accomplishment in doing that in addition to being in a space that is organized and sorted. And there have been studies that show your physical space play and impact your mental and emotional state. And so an easy way to be more emotionally sound, mentally sound, is by doing something so base as creating a good environment for your body to inhabit. So organizing. And if you say, like, I don't have ideas, I don't know what to do with this space, go on Pinterest. That is like the best cheat place ever. Look at Pinterest, check out all the things they're doing, you know, type in organize office, organize clothes. There are so many things. Don't reinvent the wheel. You don't have to. Somebody's already done it better than you could have thought how to do it. So go check out Pinterest. It's awesome. It's a great place to get ideas, to spark things, and inspire you to make things nice and aesthetically pleasing and organized. The next thing on my list of creating an environment of home sweet home is food. Okay, yes, obviously I'm Italian. So food is going to play. However, I would like to also say is like you don't need to cook elaborate things. It first starts with you stocking your house with good whole foods and not eating junk because 
if you're putting junk in your body, it's no wonder you feel like junk. So it first starts with stocking your house with good, healthy snacks, getting out all the junk food. If you have a craving for junk food, finding a good, healthier alternative to keep in the house so you don't feel like you're going without, but also you're implementing something of better quality to put in your body so that your body can then in turn work for you. But also for me, on Saturday, I I have to like cook and have a nice meal or cook a couple things so that we have for the next day. And my thing is I actually really enjoy cooking. And for me, a medium of art. It's an expression of me when I cook. And so it's more than just putting things on a plate. It's putting things that everybody enjoys, people trying new things, experimenting. When you might say like, or like I'm not a cooker or I don't bake or whatever the thing is. But can I just say it takes little to no effort to make a charcuterie board. It literally is assembly or putting mozzarella, tomato, basil, and drizzling it with olive oil. Literally no skills required other than assembly. So there are things that you can do and make that are on your level. And again, Pinterest, go look it up. Look at fun apps. Look at fun, easy recipes. There are things you can stock your house with that make it foolproof and make it easy. And also, we come around food at the dinner table, right? And sometimes it's not about the food as much as it's about the company. And so it's super important to just first create the physicality of there is food in front of us, but us sitting together at the dinner table, we do that at least three, four nights a week, whether it's sitting at the dinner table or on Friday nights, I'll make charcuterie because by Friday, I do not want to cook. And I'll just put that on the island and we're all standing around the island and picking and talking and, you know, there's something playing nice music in the background, joy, or we light a fire and creating that atmosphere around the food. And actually studies have shown and proven that kids that have sat down for dinner with their families at least three to four times a week have a higher self-esteem and are more verbally expressive because they have been taught that at their dinner table. And so I think about our dinner table and like there's so many times that we talk about things that we otherwise wouldn't have talked about if we just got the a sandwich on the fly. At our dinner table, we'll actually like ask fun questions about our day and we'll say, what was your high of your day? What was your low of your day? And what was your random fact? What was your buffalo? And it's created and opened the doors for so many conversations at our dinner table um, and creating atmosphere for emotional connectivity and decompressing of our day, um, just sitting together around food. And so it's so important and part of creating that home sweet home vibe. Um, Also, you know, you might say like, I know core, this whole episode is about enjoying your home, enjoying your atmosphere, finding your homeostasis in your habitat. Got it. However, when I'm home, I'm bored. It's not fun. I want to be out. I want to be doing things. I want to do all that. I'm going to say, do you not find at some point that being out is exhausting or the drama that happens out or all of the variables that you cannot control out there. Sometimes you need a reprieve. You need a rest, right? Like you can't be out all the time. And if you are, I bet you're exhausted or you're on drugs. <laughs> like for real, like I don't think it's capable that you're out all the time and not need some kind of solace and peace. And so if you're one of these people that are like, I don't like being bored. It's not entertaining enough. Find something that's entertaining for you. Find a hobby, hobbies, pick up that guitar you said you were going to learn, 
look up a recipe that you want to try. Walk through Hobby Lobby and find out what sticks out to you. Yarn, fabric, painting, watercolors, clay modeling. When we were kids, we used to do like little modeled car things and they were fun and it made life at home more fun. Open up that puzzle. Do something at home that is engaging for you, that you find exciting. Go to the library, get fun new books. We do that with the kids. Just recently, me and my son Abel started um, an Italian app where we are learning Italian words together and we're making that fun. So start some hobbies that create fun and excitement and things that are drawing you back. Like, hey, I want to go back, get back to that at home. You know, let home be your place where you stir that creativity, where you stir and recharge that area of your life. Home does not need to be boring. You can add excitement by adding these fun hobbies into your environment. I think about it during COVID, you know, when it was hard to get out and we were having a lot of things happening at home and it was starting to get a little stale. My husband at one point was like, I think I'm just going to set my drum kit up in the garage. I'm like, yes, do that. Do that. Do what makes you happy and set creates an environment for you to have that creative outlet because we all have that creative outlet that we need to flush out and exercise that. You know, maybe your hobby is exercise and like putting out your your barbells or downloading that fitness app, whatever it is, the things that you need to in- implement into your life to have more creative space is awesome. And creating that in the home will create a place where your house is a refuge where you're running back to. Now, you also might say to me, all right, core, well, you know, I love my home. I love my little home sweet home, but I don't always enjoy the people that are in my home. And that's a little hard nut to crack. (laughs) I'll be honest. Um, I like my home a lot too. And sometimes I'm like, I just wish it was really quiet in this house with two kids running around or, you know, all the hubbub of things happening. And I get it. And actually growing up for me personally, and I'm sure for many of you, we grew up in environments that were not enjoyable. And that's why we wanted to run away from home or we couldn't wait to leave home. We couldn't wait till we could support ourselves and not have to be a part of that drama. Um, That's why people I think are even now resistant to being home. It's like you're still running away from the home, even though you're not in that family dynamic anymore, even though you're not enmeshed in those relationships like you were there's still like that childlike instinct to want to not be home. As a child, I just remember not wanting to be there. You know, there was, I would go to bed with anxiety. I was just afraid. It was fearful. And it's like, you don't want to go home. And so there might be people in your house now that you just have a hard time connecting with. And I think first part of fixing the problem is obviously identifying the problem and knowing and feeling that tension there is obviously a reflection of a deeper issue. And now that you've acknowledged it, I think being intentional about healing that relationship, especially the relationships in your home, I'm always very particular about having good open lines of communication, especially with the people in my home, my children, my husband, because this is where I find refuge. And if I'm not at refuge with you in our relationship, there's not going to be refuge in this atmosphere, emotionally, spiritually, mentally, physically, you know. Um, So there's that. 
And so being intentional about having healing in those relationships. I think the first olive branch to be extended is like doing something nice for the person that you're kind of, you know, having a little friction with. Doing something nice. That sometimes just opens the door for open lines of communication, for there to be compromise, for there to be, all right, it diffuses things. When you do something nice, you go out of your way to do something nice for the person that you're at odds with. It really has a way of de-escalating the situation. And also, another thing to keep in mind, when you broach the subject of hard conversations, I know you probably have your feelings about it, and you have all the things that you want to say, and that's good. But also, be open to listening. And there'll be times when that person pushes your buttons and you want to immediately defend, interject, or interrupt. And know going into it and position yourself in a way that you're going to keep silent and you're going to let them feel heard. And then there'll be a point where you express yourself and you are heard. And when I've done therapy sessions or just mediated situations That is actually the biggest thing I do as my quote-unquote referee self in hard conversations between people is saying, okay, nope, we're going to let her finish her thought. All right, good. Then she's done. Then, okay, now we're going to let him like say how he feels about the things that you just said. And sometimes when we're just having those conversations between us and we don't have that referee, we're quick to overlap. And and when you're when you're overlapping in conversation, you're not listening. You're not hearing the other person and the other person is not feeling heard. And there's little to little profit that will come of it if everyone's just speaking at once. And so there has to be a point where they talk and feel heard and you talk and feel heard and kind of coming to this agreement. And there also needs to be a pocket of space for this to occur, whether that's like, hey, the kids are in bed, we're going to have a conversation or like, hey, you know what, Saturday, let's let's make breakfast and sit, 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 sit together. And just like, I would really like to just talk about some things that that, you know, aren't sitting well with me. And creating time and space and being intentional because then that way the person is prepared that like what's going to happen, they're kind of get their formulative thoughts together. There's less emotion around it because it's not happening in the heat of the moment. It's happening at an intentional time and space. And so being intentional about healing the relationships in your home is so important in the factors of actually wanting to be home and inhabit your home. And, um, you know, for me, when there's ever been tension in the home and you come home, you can feel it, right? Like you could feel the tension, you can cut it with a knife. And so that's not healthy. That actually just breeds more anxiety, more fear. And you do one of two things, you fight or flight, right? You either fight or you remove yourself by shutting down, shutting up or leaving, right? Like these are the things that we do. And that is just our initial reactions. And so before we get there to that point, like let's be intentional to have healing and having the hard conversations. It's going to create open space for everyone to feel heard and for feelings to be acknowledged 
and create a better environment for you to want to dwell in and everyone else in the home to want to dwell in. Sometimes I think even we as parents, when we have tension between us, how it affects the children and how that snowballs in their minds, not understanding the situation fully. They just see mom and dad upset. We don't realize the repercussions of our underlying hum of tension that is created in the atmosphere of our home when we choose not to perpetuate open lines of communication and reconciliation between ourselves and the people in our home. And so that's definitely some food for thought. I know today I've covered a lot of topics about creating your own little home sweet home, but I really feel like hosting, setting the stage, organizing, creating food and meals for to gather people, implementing hobbies, and reconciling relationships with the people in your home are all things that are going to help you not only just physically, but these are practical ways that are going to end up affecting your mental, emotional, and spiritual states. And your physical habitat really does impact your mental and emotional ability to thrive. And so often we segment and we compartmentalize those things, but we have to realize the holistic approach that everything is interrelated and the things that are in the natural and the things that are right in front of us in our homes are reflections of our mental state. And if we could start organizing the things that are tangible, we'll start to organize the things in our minds. And so I hope some of these things encouraged you. And over the weekend, you take some of these ideas and thoughts and implement them in ways just to feel better and more home and comfortable in your home sweet home. I hope this helped you and I hope you have a great weekend and thanks for tuning in. Thank you so much for joining me today. And as always, I am your host, Corey Powers. Please follow, share, and review this podcast to help others seeking encouragement. For more information, be sure to check out my website, coreypowers.com. And tune in next time for more Coffee with Corey.